It's the root of all. 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 With Alexander Brown. Alexander Brown. It's the root of all with Alexander Brown. Been like, have you always thought that way since you were a kid, or just? Well, I'm no. assuming. Really? No, absolutely. What? This, I feel like, because one, growing up, I could not see myself in the position that I am now. I am truly blessed, um, but I didn't. Mm -mm. In terms of ambition, I was not ambitious as I was now. My ambition came from really seeing how I could change lives um, and participate in a world that, as I just said, is constantly changing. And also, one thing that my uncle told me before um, he went off to his, um, I don't know what it's called, but the military tour. tour. Yeah, yeah, tour. Yeah, but one thing he told me when I was like 12 that he told me, and I, it stayed with me. Um, we were in D.C., and we were in front of the steps of the Capitol before, of course, the, you know, hell that broke out this year. Um, we were in front of the Capitol, and he looked at me, and he said the words, this belongs to you, which is monumental in a way, because I'm a, I'm a black man in America, that sometimes, systemically, we always see how the system does not work for us. But for him to look at me in my eyes, 12 years old, didn't even want to be in the first place, thought it was boring, wanted to go on a playground somewhere. Right. But for him to say, this belongs to you. And I think that planted a seed in me, but that seed was not even activated until I would say junior year of high school. That's when I started realizing that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I envision myself being in politics. I always saw myself as being in some type of public servant role or being in a position where... For people. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's my motto. Like, for the people, by the people, of the people. Um, but this role that I've been embarking on, I just, I love it through and through. It's, it's, it's shown me the good, bad, and ugly. And it shows me that the potential that we have as a country, the potential that we have as a state, and, you know, as people, basically. Um... But, yeah, it's, it's granted me many opportunities that I want to be able to share. Um, because in the words of our great Vice President Kamala Harris, she once said that her mother told her that you may be the first, but make sure you're not the last. And it is vital that we speak that into existence in terms of us as black people, us as minorities, us as those that have been, you know, victims of a system that has disproportionately over and over again made us seem like we're in a back seat when in reality we can be the drivers of our own destiny sorry don't mean to keep going but yeah i'm just honored to be here with you ron and on that note welcome back to an episode of eternal 15 i am your host ron king and today i have the pleasure of speaking with alexander brown alexander brown that was a hell of an intro. Thank you. No, I, that's I, it. That was not planned either. Thank you for like throwing that at me and then I, you know, I, I went with it. I, I love speaking in terms of the future, in terms of what's next, you know, because I feel like we have to fight and fight, fight, fight like hell for the future generations that are after ours. Because this is not just about me and you and Ron. This is about, you know, 
the children of the future, the children that have the same potential as we do as being in this room, um, to enact change on any level that they see fit. So, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just crazy because <laughs> for me, I've always, I met the, the Alexander Brown, you know, as far as don't that Don't start, was, don't start. Because I never <laughs> saw the, um, like, evolution it took for you to get to that point. But the only Alexander Brown I've known is the Alexander Brown. You know, <laughs> and I hate like, when you people know, say but, that. But you know what I'm talking. About. I do, I do, 100. percent I, but I hate when people say like the Alexander Brown because at the end of the day, Alexander Brown does everything as anybody else does. Well, how do you think I feel? The Ronald King. Okay, that's different though because you actually deserve to have the D in front of your name. Nah. I don't think. I don't think you. No, no, no. See, on, on, on a serious note, I don't think you've realized how much with your presence by itself of how big of an impact that does on people's lives. Like, you don't even have to say anything. You just have to be present. And you feel, like, motivated to do something great for the world. That's why I call you the. That's why we call you the. Like, all my friends that, that we have in common, like Jabez, we call you the Ronald King. Because you're the Ronald King. So, yeah. Enough flattery. Enough flattery. <laughs> enough flattery. Oh, hell. Go on. This episode's about you, not about me. But hell. I don't know. How do you focus on uh, working towards future while also focusing on right now? It may sound like a very base level question, but still, it's hard to really try to be thinking retroactively, <laughs> thinking in future, as well as actually focusing on right now. Absolutely. So I think, one, I look at it from an aspect of, and I'm really big with analogies, I'm really big with comparing things to other things. Um, in this moment right now, we have to start focusing on laying a foundation within ourselves, within our peers, within our family, that greater is possible and that greater is coming. Um, so in this present moment, that's why I, the work that I do, um, I look at it from the perspective that the work that I'm doing is going to be foundation that's going to be laid so that the future generations after me will be able to step and be in a better position than I was placed in. Um, and I believe that in terms of with us even within this country, we see the advantages that certain individuals have and the disadvantages that other individuals have. And those two individuals are completely different people. And my work is to try to make the stigma around our country, around the operations of our state and you know beyond to have a, play, a playing field or stepping stones that are equal for all. Um, because I believe that the whole aspect of you have to work twice as hard to get half of what they have is, it's preposterous. It's, it's out of question in terms of um, where we can be as a country and the potential that we have. Um, so it's, don't get me wrong, it's hard because there are some days that I do just very not encouraged. Like yesterday um, when I heard the news that a senator um, voted against probably one of the most uh, progressive pieces of legislation that this country has ever seen. Um, this legislation would uh, decrease insulin to $35 so that the, the, the pockets of working families wouldn't have to be sweltered by the expensive uh, cost of insulin just to live. Um, but within that, you know, his vote and within all the other things that keep me disencouraged, a fire is always lit. A fire that harbors passion, that harbors more. Because I know that the predicament that I'm in, I won't be there for long. And I know that, back to the whole full circle moment, uh, back to the whole thing I said at the beginning, greater is possible and it's coming. It's coming. We just have to speak into existence and we have to act on it. 
I feel that. And I have two questions that have sprung from that. Absolutely. I'm just gonna go on one first is, uh, what work are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying like, what work are you doing? Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say like the other question too, but no. <laughs> so you're um, alluding to this work, but what okay. work are you doing? So, um, I feel like I bounce around a lot. So for me, first, as far as mm-hmm. most of these aren't political whatsoever, but I mean, right. you work yeah. in politics, mm-hmm. and I know you're still gonna be. Uh, considerate of just of all who's listening but still I'd like yeah, to understand yeah, yeah. what you're doing absolutely yeah just to um, paint the picture of what I do um, I do things on multiple fronts um, I'll break it down to three points I'm a big three point guy um, first I'll start with my actual job which is where I work with um, the South Carolina Congressional Delegation on Ooh. environmental policy mm-hmm. I work with members of Congress that um, work in coots of an environmental policy firm called the American Wood Council um, there we work on reg- uh, regulations that mirror uh, the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection, Protection Agency. Agency. Yeah, mm-hmm. we work with them to basically create sustainable solutions um, and fight the fight of climate change. Um, all of the negative aspects that are basically <laughs> that are basically killing our country, we work on. Um, my biggest thing that I've did with this job, I've had the opportunity of working closely with my district's congressman. Uh, Congressman Ralph Norman to work on an environmental protection resolution that would decrease the potential of urban sprawls. And for the listeners that don't know what an urban sprawl is, it's basically where um, you are in a city and the conditions are horrible, uh, infrastructure is too close to each other, public transportation is lacking, um, health conditions are just all over the place due to um, the disproportionate hospital availability. Um, and basically, my resolution tackles all of that. Um, it speaks to the tune of why every human deserves basic uh, human rights in terms of housing. Uh, it fights for affordable housing in our inner cities. It tackles on um, why every human deserves clean water, which is a, unfortunately a debate that I've had to have with this job um, of the aspect of why? Why do, why do, why do every human deserve, like, why do they deserve clean water? And that's a discussion now for like, shouldn't be challenged. It's just right, you know? Every human deserves the right and access to clean water. But anyway, um, it also focuses on on infrastructure proximity so that we're not placing buildings and homes so close to each other that people within these areas don't have space. Because space is a big aspect that we have to have mentally, spiritually, physically, take it however you want to, um, to thrive in America. Um, so that's like the actual professional side of me. I work on environmental policy. Two, I also work with uh, political advocacy uh, groups such as um, the NAACP, um, other political organizations um, to basically start the conversations of why it's so essential that we unite. Um, amidst our political differences, amidst our you know ideology differences, we have to unite. We have to meet this moment with swift, bold action. And I've repeated that line so many times. Swift and bold action to actually create the change that we want to see that's fit. Um, so with that, I've had the opportunity of meeting many people. Um, I literally just had a meeting with uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg on Friday, last Friday, where basically we talked about why um, why we should invest more into public transportation and why black and brown communities are seemingly always left out of that conversation of accessible transportation. Um, so in third, I really do a lot of political strategy work too. 
if you know me personally, and to the people that know me personally, you know that I'm always on the campaign. <laughs> like, there's not a there's not a, a time that I don't think I've been on a campaign since 2019. Um, currently, I am working on a collegiate level campaign um, that is one of my friends is trying to run for certified president of Clemson. Um, and I'm also working on a state house campaign for a woman that is um, vouching out to run in a district within South Carolina. Um, so I do a lot of work across the board. Um, I love having the energy that I do, which is um, people come to me with their issues, they come with me to their problems. And I always take pride in knowing that I can help somebody in the most way. And if you know me personally, also there's something I always say that I mirror um, all the time that I, I've been told by my mom repeatedly, because my mom is a big person with this too. Um, we handle it. No matter what comes at our doorstep, no matter what comes in our faces, um, a solution is possible, a solution can be created, and a solution can be enacted um, to deter or to save that person from further damage, turmoil. So I always pride myself on being able to handle stuff for people. Um, that's another thing for me. So yeah, sorry, long way to answer, but yeah. I was about to say, working in politics as well, It's yeah. I'm not surprised with the long answer yeah. as well. But I will <laughs> say personally, you are very swift as far as with having plans and going through on that. That's <laughs> of today. Absolutely. Surprisingly and very effectively swift. So I will thank say you. you're a person of your word. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you live that. by it. Thank you. But one thing that I had thought of earlier, mm -hmm. which you had already kind of alluded to a little bit, mm -hmm. is just communicating with people with just your different agendas and views and experiences from yourself. Right. How are you able to personally, or how do you mm -hmm. approach just speaking with people that don't see eye to eye with you, right. whether it be just because of where they're from, mm -hmm. how they look like, just whatever? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, first, you have to meet people where they are. That's the first step. In order for you to have effective conversations with people that you disagree with, you have to be able to go to their level. Plus, you may not necessarily disagree with them on everything either. Right, exactly. There's more that unites us than divides us as people. Um, I always will firmly believe that. Um, you have to meet people where they are, see their perspective, respect their perspective, even if it isn't you know, in tune with what you believe. You hear that, audience? You have to respect other people's <laughs> viewpoints, whether you agree with them or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just my two cents. Absolutely. And you have to, um, like I said, meet them where they are and build from there. Um, I believe once you uh, finish that first step of meeting people where they are, that's when the real work can begin. And together, you can put together something so beautiful, so effective, and something that is worth having, because I'm a big person of, I don't like just having conversations just to talk. I love having conversations because I know it can allude to action. So, um, Productive conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I believe it's one thing to say, and this is, this is a street code or common human code, it's one thing to talk about it, but in the words of my grandma, you gotta be about it. So um, I believe that's where it first starts with, and plus, I'm a big person for the I word. And that I word is inclusion. I believe that everybody in the room should be included, regardless of how you feel towards each other. Um, because in order for you guys to develop a common goal, you have to create an environment that is welcoming for everybody. Even those that you disagree with and that you bump heads with repeatedly, um, inclusion is key. 
inclusion is key. So that's what I do with my work every time. And believe me, it's hard because I work with a lot of people that I don't see eye to eye with. Like I just said, back to the discussion of where I've had hour-long debates of why humans deserve clean water and why the, the government should intervene in these water crises that we are seeing across this country. Some people believe, why, why is that our problem? They can just move. Not everybody has the means to move. Not everybody has the, the financial stability to move. And you know, and you have to kind of meet them where they are um, and build from there. Absolutely. Mm. Now, one question Absolutely. that also, uh, I kind of already had in the back of my head, mm -hmm. especially now, is just, I know that you're genuine and your answers like you honestly truly mean those because mm -hmm. you do buy them. Yeah. But still, mm -hmm. in your kind of field, especially the people you work with, don't you kind of already have to have a mindset of how you would approach answers and not necessarily say the politically real correct thing, but mm -hmm. still make sure that it sounds professional mm -hmm. and appropriate all the time. Mm -hmm. How do you train yourself on that? Because even now, like I know you're speaking truth, but still, like mm -hmm. it seems like you're just so calm, prepared for like anything that I would ask you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think one. Um, my friends joke because like I can go from um, just normally me, and then they call me. I have a politician mode. Yeah, I, I start. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what exactly I'm... what I was about to say. You have to be able to flip a switch, um, especially in the work that I do, because you would not be taken seriously if you don't. Um, if you don't have that side to you that can just stay by the business, strictly with the business, you'll be laughed out of the room and you won't be taken seriously. Because we're talking about people that have been in this business a long time, people that have been in this business 20 years before I was born. Business. Yes, that I have had to work with. Um, and to that degree, I think. It's hard because that's another thing about if anybody is aspiring to be in politics, um, especially if you're running, if you're going to run for office, that's bold. I, I will tell you right now, I have no plans of running for office ever, ever. Unless something clicks within me that says that I need to get up and run, nothing's going to keep me from that promise. So, um, But it's hard because you, you want to stay true to yourself, but I always put the people's interests before mine. And I know that if I have to walk into a room and I have to fake a smile, fake a laugh, to ensure that a six-year-old child down the street has, you know, clean water and access to clean air. I'm going to do just that because wow. the picture is bigger than myself. So um, I think I, I stay true to who I am because I'm just so passionate about this, even with this discussion. I feel like um, I'm being genuine, but there has been times that I've had to, like I said, I've had to basically put on a face, put on a mask, but it was always for a bigger goal. In a, in a bigger picture. Yourself. Yeah, and something that can actually benefit somebody. So, and, and like I said, in the business of politics, you have to learn how to do that. You have to flip that switch. And look at the playing field. We're talking about a field that doesn't see a lot of people like you and me. We're talking about a field that if there is a you and me, they're not, you know, ready to meet this moment and they're already in tunes of the establishment. They're, they're okay with how things are being ran. But we need more progressive ideas. We need people that are going to um, create solutions that are bold because this is our generation that we're talking about. They've had their chance to enact all of this change and inaction has came from it. So now it's our time to act. It's our time to act. So, sorry. Yeah, that that's definitely how I feel. Hmm. Yeah, no, I was about to say, um, one thing I can appreciate is, like you've said, as far as, no matter what you believe, as far as acting on it, especially mm -hmm. now while mm -hmm. you're still this young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not being afraid to do it when no one else will. 
Yeah, and especially not being able um, or not being afraid to do it, knowing that there's going to be some type of repercussion to it. You you know, because I was just having a uh, conversation with my friend um, about him taking a step that I know could do wonderful things for our university, but he's afraid of the social repercussions that will come with that. And sometimes you have to make that sacrifice. You have to make that sacrifice, especially when the picture is bigger than yourself. Like, have you lost meaningful relationships because of the positions you've chosen to take as far as acting on? Luckily, luckily, or excuse me, fortunately, um, I don't believe really in luck, but fortunately, um, I have not because I believe um, the people that I have in my group, the people that I say hold me down, um, they either A, share the same ideas that I have, and even to those that don't, there's always a general consensus that even though if they disagree with how I stand or where I stand, that there's always love from that um, as a person. <laughs> um, so Just plus you're being genuinely yourself. Yeah. They can acknowledge mm-hmm. and appreciate that. Absolutely. And also they know one thing about me is that I'm really firm. I'm never the person that's going to take a stance on something and then say three seconds later, mm, no, never mind, I changed my mind. If usually depending on what the topic is because you know topics do evolve you know solutions do arise that you are more attractive to um but i'm very firm on my stances and when people see that i i've taken a followed a solid footing on a, a position they know that i'm being for real and they know that i won't backpedal or play on the fence with it so they know i'm being serious so plus i've never seen you put anyone else down bingo bingo and that and when people ask me like alex like how did you get to this point? Like, how are you doing the thing? Like, how are you operating the way you, that you are? How are you making these moves? That's like that. Because I will be your biggest advocate. Because I believe that if I'm not winning, I'll make sure that you're winning. Because I know one day my day will come. I, that's one thing about me. And I, now I'm about to just turn off that switch real quick. Because I don't believe in being a hater. You put in more energy of being a hater when you can put that same energy into uplifting someone that can A, not only change things on a monumental level, but they could open doors for you that you can't even imagine yet. So what's the point of you being a hater and praying for someone's downfall and all that stuff when you can just support them? Because like I said, there's not been a time where I've been like, you know what, he's winning, let me tear him down. Because I'm like, no, if he's winning, that's a win for all of us. It's a win for all of us. So I think that's another key thing, a key aspect to it. um, Just in life in general. Yeah, you have to be supportive. You have to be supportive and you have to be your, your, not even your friend's biggest advocate. I'm I'm people's biggest advocates and I don't even know them. You have to be be a loving person. Because I'm a firm believer that when you put love into the world, the world will show you love. And that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Over and over again. Because even if it's not the same people that you show yeah. the love to mm-hmm. one way or another. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He'll come back to you. He'll come back to you one way or another. Um, and a lot of people misconstrued that. They think, okay, I'm going to hype this guy up. I'm going to hype her up. Like it's very transactional. Bingo. Bingo. And it, and even the, the, the benefits of you doing that, sometimes it's not always tangible. Sometimes it's not always stuff that you can touch or you can see. Sometimes about what you feel. And I feel in terms of, back to that whole discussion of, um, you know, why, why people should not be a hater. Um, it, it's not good for your soul. And it's not good for your mind. 
and I believe our minds are our most powerful weapons in terms of every sector of daily living. There's not a thing that you do in your daily living that doesn't include your mind. So why do something that's going to weaken your mental power in that way? By being a hater. Wow. Alright, switch turn on now. But yeah, that that's my answer. Are y'all seeing this? I was just able to switch the the, the <laughs> mode on switch. and off. You have to, you have to, it's, it's like a, you know, you have, you have to be able to do that. Absolutely. I'm just in awe. Thank you, thank you. Um, and also another thing, to back to that discussion um, about why I do the work that I do, um, because I know that I'm inspiring other young minds that will inspire other young minds. And inspire I know me? Yeah. And you inspire me, Ron. Yeah. Really, it's really. Like there's some mutual, like you're going really? out of the tunnel or something, yes. and you lean back side by side, and absolutely, you climb I, up. and that's what I'm saying. Back, but that's what I'm saying. Like what I was saying, inspire those so that you can get inspiration from them because everybody always needs a little inspiration, a little drive, a little boost to keep you going. You know, um, and I believe that once we're all on the highway and we're both going towards our dreams and our destiny, if your friend runs out of gas, give him some, especially when you're gassed up. Let him some. Because I know chances are when you run out of gas, he'll be there for you. I just got to get some gasoline in the first place. That's what I'm trying to get to where I have gas. And you say that, but I, I, I can't sit here and even with this podcast and with this platform, that is my definition of you being gassed up. You you enabling a platform that is um, that is lifting up the voices of those that couldn't envision themselves being on a mic, having this these conversations, having these important discussions. Um, I think that's 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 gassed up because when people think of gassed up, I mean there's different different definitions to it. You usually monetary value or being some higher well, social status. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get success from all of these. Yep, absolutely. Before absolutely. I am successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. It has to be for a bigger goal and a bigger purpose. So, yeah. Well, it's not for me. It's for you. It's for yeah. the other guests. It's mm-hmm. for the listeners. It's yeah. For all of them. Absolutely. And speaking of listeners, you have your own group of listeners. Yeah. Boom. See how I just transitioned. That, 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 so that, that correlation that you just made. Yeah. See how I just switched. Switched. <laughs> all right. So, audience, for context, Mr. Brown, he has a podcast of his own, as a matter of fact. I do. I do. That is something which actually really inspired me to get into this whole endeavor that I'm on right now. Would you like to talk about the podcast? I absolutely can. The root of all. The root of all. The root of all. So I have a podcast. I call it a limited podcast because in technical means. um, A limited podcast is where I'm not tied to basically making a commitment that I'm going to drop an episode every month or every week. Because, I mean, I, I just dropped an episode today. And that was my first episode in, I think, six months. Hmm. Um, that six months went by. Quick. It did. It did. Um, so this podcast was originated um, before I went off to college. It was the summer before I went off to college. Right when COVID actually peaked, actually. It was right when COVID was actually going around and um, The year of lockdown. Yeah. And it was recommended by me from other people to start a podcast that's going to um, start conversations because that's that's one thing I believe a, po- a good podcast does. It doesn't just have conversations, it starts conversations. Um, but we talk about a range of things, politics, uh, today's society, current events, uh, mental, mental health. health, yeah, 
Yep, and that and that's exactly where Ron comes in because me and Ron actually did an episode on my first season, I believe, mm-hmm. um, about mental health. And like I was telling him on the way up here, um, we that was top five. I, I believe that was one of the most streamed episodes I've ever had. Um, that episode, and that just shows how beneficial the conversation was at that time. So yeah, and just as Ron, um, my platform is for everyone. Um, you can reach out to me and my team at The Root of All with Alexander on Instagram. And one of us will answer you and we'll get you on the episode. Because that's one thing about me. If you want to be on my podcast, what time and where, let me know. And we'll make it work. So You got a whole team. Yeah. And first of all, I have to give my shout out to my team. Um, without them, I, I can genuinely say that none of this would be possible. So shout out to Dustin, Emily, and Al for your hard work. You guys have been there through it all you guys have held down this podcast when over the six months when i just i'm not i'm gonna be transparent i walked away i did i walked away from the podcast because oh well actually no i didn't walk away i was pulled away because i was just doing a lot of responsibilities yes absolutely and my team were like they just took it and they were just like we'll make content for you we'll we'll keep it alive so that you know it doesn't it doesn't deactivate it and they did just that so without them i would not be here i would not be you know having this podcast so shout out to those three love you guys dearly thank you love emily you dustin and al now. yep that, that's my trio shout out to the trio that's my trio they hold me down uh, yep can't i can i can firmly sit here and say that um i would say definitely al because al um he is younger than me and he reached out to me the fall, oh, my fall semester, freshman year, he reached out to me and he had saw, also another thing about me guys, I talk a lot, if you don't <laughs> already see that, I, I, I talk a lot, but and, purpose. yeah, it's per, it's, it has purpose behind it, um, but I have um, done speeches before and Al saw one of my speeches and he said, um, along the lines that he wanted to do some of the work that I was doing and that he saw himself being me one day. Um, and, and it's so crazy to hear somebody say that to me because I feel like my work has not even started. I feel like I'm not even in the door yet. Um, so uh, he reached out to me and he was like, I want to I wanna be like you one day. And I said to the tune, I said, then I have just opportunity for you. And he's been kind of my mentee in a way. Um, but in other ways, I've been kind of his mentee because he, he gives me great advice. Um, and it, that just goes to show how vital how essential it is that we invest in that we put time into the future generations after us because our time is going to come to an end one day and i don't mean that physically but that's that's true also but um in terms terms of capacity yeah in terms of capacity our time is going to come to an end one day and these future generations are going to be the one that's going to hit the ground running in terms of the the foundation and, and the groundwork that we've laid down so that they can take it and they can go even higher with it I don't even think about that if I'm being honest. Yeah. Now we trust I don't even give that much thought at all. Yeah. I'm just saying like, okay, yeah. our time's mm-hmm. not even yet happening. That's what you're saying. thinking about after we're Yeah, and and I think it's important that that you um, focus on the future generations because that's I mean, me personally that's what keeps me going. That's what uh, that that's what that drive. Um even um I'll, I'll say another instant uh, um, event that happened to me when I was on um a campaign for uh, the Rock Hill uh, mayor seat. I was the senior advisor to Councilman uh, William Buckrady, who was uh, he was running to be Rock Hill's next mayor. 
the mayor. Yeah, he was running to be the next the mayor. mayor. Yeah, he was running to be the next mayor. Ooh, voila. Um, and with that campaign, um, I was introduced to a lot of wonderful people, but one child, his name was Jose, never will forget him. We were at a campaign event, and uh, Councilman Roddy was making his rounds, talking, shaking hands, doing the, the candidate work, while I was basically you know, on my phone, scheduling. And this one um, child, he was with his mom, his mom walked up to Councilman Roddy, was expressing her, um, her, you know, her problems that she was having with the city. Um, if you are familiar with Rock Hill, you know that Rock Hill is currently in a crisis with the utilities where people are not able to afford the utilities because they are skyrocketing through the, um, through the roof. Um, and she was basically saying how she and her son have to basically bounce back um, month to month of how they're going to pay for these bills and they bounce back meaning one month she'll pay for the water bill because she can afford it that month next month she can't so they won't have water um so to that tune jose the child he walked up to me and he was he's like six years old he walked up to me and he was um he was like playing with a toy and all that and i was on my phone and i was like hi you know being nice and everything and he was like you're gonna he said something along the lines i can't remember he was like you're gonna be the one that's gonna give me a chance, something like that. And I was like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? And he was like, without you, I feel like the city would go down. And I was like, well, it's not just me, Jose, it's a, it's a group effort. But this boy felt so led and entrusted me at that moment that I still have it at home. He gave me his necklace. He took it off and he, and he gave it to me. And he said, remember me, remember me. And then he went back to play with his toy, but I remember I teared up. I was on, on the verge of crying. Um, and still, even saying, even, even in talking about that day, because that was even hard for me that day too. Um, that's why it's important that we invest in future generations, because they see us. They see us acting. They see us implementing change. They see us fighting for them. They're witnesses to us and our actions. And you have to be oblivious to say that they're not. That boy was six years old. And I was on a phone. I wasn't even actually doing anything like big that day. But he saw something in me. And he looked up to me that day. And shared that moment with me. And ever since then, I think that what that did to my passion was it, it lit it like a bonfire. Lit like a bonfire. Because now I know that I have to do it for Jose. That little boy in Rock Hill, South Carolina, who has seen things that I have not seen before, experienced things that I have not experienced before. And I know that my fight is for him. And I know that my fight will continue to be for him and all of the beautiful children of this country to that tune. But that's why I do what I do. I do what I do um, for the future generations, for the babies. I always say it's for the babies. For the babies. Not for me, for the babies. But that was the real mode. That wasn't politician mode either. No, that that was deep-hearted Alexander at his best. Um, getting emotional right now, even just thinking about that. But um, I do it for the children. I do it for them. Yeah, no, you felt give me a whole extra sense of purpose now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all wrong. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, absolutely. No, but I'm serious. Wow. Yeah. That's a good thing in these. Yeah. Not to say that mm -hmm. I'm learning along the way too yeah i think we 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 are all learning and that's the beautiful thing because once we 
learn as a collective unit, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. This world can throw every single obstacle our way, but if we do it together, nothing can stop us. Nothing can block us from our promise. Nothing can block us from turning things into fruition. Nothing can stop us. We're unstoppable. We just have to learn to do it together. Yeah, I mean, ready to like line up right now. <laughs> like, I don't know, rather start building a building or like running. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Unstoppable. We can blow, blow past anything that this, this life throws at us if we do it together. And was it in your junior year that you really learned that your voice was so powerful, or is that always? Oh, okay. I would say um, with that. Okay, so I'm gonna run the scenario of why I say it was my junior. Because regardless year. of what you do, still your voice is very powerful. Thank you. Um, I, I appreciate that. Compelling. But and, and and to hear that, you know, it's so funny because I believe my voice isn't. I feel like I'm just I'm saying the things that need to be said. Because there's a lot of conversations that I've had where people feel uncomfortable of having, but it's so important that we have them only for the benefit that it's going to lead to a greater, you know, purpose, a greater, you know, outcome. So I, and I say that it was my junior year because I, and I always say it was this event that did it for me. I had the honor to go uh, to Palmetto Boy State, uh, went there for a week, met lifelong friends that I still talk to almost every day. Even from my town, you met some people. Because I remember someone the other day had asked about you. Oh, really? Yeah. See, and, and, and that shows the, the power of a program like that. You know, um, and actually, it wasn't just that. It was Boy State. That following week, I had the chance to go to D.C. And then that two weeks later, I got the chance to go to Summer Seniors at USC. Mm-hmm. So the, those three events right there, that summer was beautiful through and through because I realized that, one, there was more people outside of my high school. Because at one point, I thought I was going to be trapped with the people that I've been growing up with for the last, you know, 12 years of my education. But yeah. there's more people out there, and there's more people that have more similarities to, to you and to what you believe in. So, um, but the one event out of those three that did it for me was the event that, um, when I went to D.C., Voice State is what lit that fire in me and saying, okay, leadership is where I need to be and leadership is where I want to be. But D.C. showed me where I want to be a leader at and where I want to implement change at. Um, Because I had the chance to actually see myself in a lot of these settings. um, And without that trip, I would not have the connections. I wouldn't have the job that I do today. So um, I would say my junior year was was an inflection point in my life. And it showed me that there's more out there and there's more work to be done. In, in that degree. Um, so I'll be forever blessed for those opportunities. I think what Summer Seniors did was it enabled me on a collegiate level to be proactive because I was not only inspired by the people that I was there with, but I was inspired by our mentees, the, I mean, our mentors, those that were already USC students. Shout out to Darius, by the way. Shout out to Darius, Tonya, all you guys, yeah. Um, Jawan, yeah. All you guys were just, yeah, you guys were, were a guidance to all of us who weren't even in college yet, but you guys showed us of how important it is to be an active college student and not set aside because we both go to, I would say, arguably the most two controversial universities in the state, only because of its size. Um, I would say Moscow is a little bit more, con- no, you got it beat, never mind. <laughs> I would say USC is a little more controversial than Clemson, but they both have controversial events and they both have controversial histories. Yeah. Um, so to that degree, 
um, a, a sense of importance or a sense of urgency came to me after summer series when I, where I got to see college students being so active and not going quiet in the night. Um, and, that, and that led me to where Clemson was because initially Clemson was not where I thought I was going to be at. Um, I envisioned myself being somewhere else. But um, I believe God actually showed me a campus that needed work to it and that I could be um, a proponent in the change of why that school needs to, you know, change. And we're talking about a university, not to throw you, uh, Clemson under the bus, love my people there, but we're talking about a university where they found slave remains on campus. We're talking about a university that has repeatedly over and over again, in terms of the conversations of race, mapped it up to why diversity is important, but when we ask what we can do action-wise to promote diversity, they say it's on us. That nothing that the administration can do to implement policies that can start diversity to you know spread out on the university. So, to that degree, I feel like um, Clemson University it has granted me numerous opportunities to where I am now. Um, it's going to continue to, but the work continues, and I'm going to continue to do the work from all sectors on that campus to ensure that every student that walks on that campus, back to the whole future generation things, yeah, back to um that every student that walks on that campus feels like it's inclusive enough for them to fit in and that they can see themselves succeeding there. And that it doesn't present an environment where, especially as students of color, that you don't feel that you've already lost the battle in terms of change. Um, so the groundwork starts here. One of my friends, she, she actually just texted me, Ashley. I have to give her a shout out. Um, shout out to Ashley. Ashley McCollum. And I have to give a shout out to Jerry Finney. Those two individuals themselves, they are doing a good work for Clemson University. Um, they inspire me every day. Um, we have student government at Clemson, so um, those two. I expect the Clemson viewership to go up. When I oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, tap in, tap in. Um, but those two have served as proponents to um, the changes that we've already we've witnessed at uh, Clemson University, and they inspire me every day to get up and do something more that we can further the conversation of why. Not only Clemson, but universities across this country where we can mold these universities into being more inclusive and more aware to the challenges that as students of colors and any, I mean, as a student, period, of the, the, the um, challenges that college students face, period, um, in that regard. So, sorry, once again, long way to answer. Yeah, I told you guys I talk a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. But there's meaning and there's depth to what you have to say, though. I, I, I try. It's not just I a mean. bunch of gibberish. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would. Nah. <laughs> but um, generic. But where do you see yourself after you graduate? Because I know you're laying foundation right now, but I assume that there has to be plans, whether it be in D.C. or South Carolina or Wyoming, Texas, Idaho, <laughs> California, somewhere. Yeah. So, what do you envision that you'd like to plan on doing once you graduate from college? Um, I previously I would I would always say I want to go to DC. I want to da da da. I want to go on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Um, but now I just want to be in a setting where I can make the most impact. Um, I think environmental policy is somewhere that I do see myself being for a while. But of course, I would love to work um with many other um in many other policy regards, 
because um, I know for a fact that I am definitely a policy guy. I know I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be in front of microphones, addressing, giving lengthy speeches. I, like I said, I'm not going to run for office. I'm definitely going to be somebody that's going to be behind the scenes, um, enacting policy, enacting change in a way that mirrors our country and mirrors what's best for the American public. Um, so I see myself, like I said, staying with environmental policy. That's something I'm really passionate about because there's so many issues within the conversation of environmental justice that needs to be had. And whether I'm in D.C., whether I'm in Columbia, whether I'm in San Francisco, whether I'm in New York City, um, I will take advantage of any opportunity that I'm in in that moment, and I'm going to work from there. Work from there, absolutely. Any thoughts on having family or anything? It's just because I know that such having a huge commitment yeah. to the people mm -hmm. um, that can be taxing on your personal life Absolutely. across many accounts. Yeah. Have you? I know it's a personal question, but just so don't get into too much detail. And and back to what what you mentioned previously, I, I I map everything out. So of course I would love to have a loving wife someday, um, and some loving children. Um, but to be personal, one thing I've always found challenging, um, establishing that connection now, um, I know it's not going to be anything that I would do. It's going to be nature's way of presenting somebody in my life. Um, it's not going to be me looking really. It's going to be, um, oh. when God, <laughs> yeah, <we're> <laughs> it's, like, it's going to be literally when, okay. when God says that I have enough time, I have enough commitment. Cause one thing about me. I don't want to ever put somebody in a position where they have to fight for my attention and my love. And I feel like my career, it's definitely going to jeopardize that currently now. Yeah. Um, and that's all, and that's been challenging for many years now, um, ever since I took this political route. Trust me, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the right time. Um, but of course, yeah, I do have plans on um, having that in my life someday. But I know that I have to be in a solid position before I do that because I'm not going to start anything that I know is going to lead to further turmoil for anybody else, especially somebody that I've made a commitment to that I'll be there for constantly. And for right now, I just can't make that commitment to somebody right now. But it's coming. It's coming. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, relax a little bit, kick it, and then I'll, you know, I'll find that one person. Um, but the work that I'm doing now, I don't, I don't want to put that, you know, in the way of something that's, that, that can be something beautiful between me and somebody else. So, um, that's definitely in my future, though. Well, I'm proud of the person that you are now as well as the one that you're becoming. Thank you. Thank you. Same here. Same here. Same here. I believe growth is a, is a huge aspect to being a human. And I think once we acknowledge that we are seeing each other's growth. We're seeing each other mold into people that we're proud of. You know, that, that's what speaks into um, a further conversation of why it's so important that we support each other, why it's so important that we hold each other down, because at the end of the day, we're in this together. Yeah. No, like I had my um, uh, former teacher of mine, who's now retired actually, mm -hmm. I had an episode there the other day, and um, very intellectual conversation, I remember, but like she's sending me all these links to these podcast episodes yeah. and she mm -hmm. never stops learning. Yeah. And that's like always mm -hmm. just looking to, yeah. to grow and improve in yeah. so many ways. Mm -hmm. No matter what age you are, and I just think that's truly remarkable. Yeah. You have to be hungry. You have to be hungry to learn more. You have to be hungry to explore more, do more, um, so that you can keep that fire running and put in you. You have to.
you have to. So. Wow. Now, it's been a while since I've asked one of these, I feel like, but how are you <laughs> feeling right now? Because that's what I usually do, like how every so often, <laughs> towards the end, I'm like, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate all my episodes, but I feel like the more I do these, like the more I yeah. enjoy the overall, more yeah. I have to do it today. I'm, absolutely, absolutely. I feel blessed. I feel grateful. I feel honored. I feel all of those things because I know that the things that I've done, the things that I've been able to experience, many haven't, and I acknowledge that. Um, don't get me wrong. There has been times once I was saying that I feel discouraged. I have my moments, and I think a lot of people You're don't me. believe that. Um, <laughs> one of my friends was like, like no way. No, they're like, they're like I, can't even, I can't even imagine that. No, that it definitely happens more frequently than you think. I have my moments, but once again, I put my feelings aside because I know there's a bigger picture that I'm not even in. I'm building a picture that I'm not even in. I'm building a, a foundation that I won't get a chance to, to step on because it's important to me. It really is. So I feel all those things. Don't get me wrong. I'm stressed constantly. But it's a good stress. It's not a stress where I feel like I'm losing my hairline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's a stress that I feel like it keeps me on my toes. And aside from all this political stuff, all, all the government affairs stuff, um, I acknowledge that I am a human at the end of the day. And no affair that I currently do or I'm, I'm going to do, I would never do anything that's going to jeopardize my mental health. Never. I will walk away. And I've had to walk away a couple times because of that. Because I knew that the task that I was given or the task that I wanted to do was not best for my mental health. And that's challenging because especially for something you're passionate about, you don't want to walk away from certain stuff. But you, you can't be superhuman. Thank you. As much as you want to be. Yep. And feel like you can. Mm -hmm. not being superhuman. That'll uh, yep. wear you out real quick. Trickle down to, yeah. It'll trickle down to you, you know, weakening yourself in, in that mental regard. So, yeah, I have moments. I do. But you gotta keep, you gotta keep it moving, you gotta keep it going, and also it's important. Sorry, forgot to mention this. It's also important that you have a support system, that you have people that acknowledge you. Because I think some of a lot of my friends, they've had the opportunity of seeing me during these moments, um, and I think it's beautiful when we can put that aside away. Because there's certain individuals that I associate when I say. They have, like, there's certain individuals back to what I was saying that I could not imagine have a bad time. But everyone does. Even you. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, even the president, obviously. Even the, the people that you would least expect are probably the ones that I would say a lot of times go through the most. 100%. So that's why I think we have to I feel targeted right we now. have to <laughs> yeah we have to we have to revamp the conversation that we all go through stuff and we have to acknowledge of how we can serve as certain tools or certain um, gateways for certain people so that they can have that conversations for themselves and acknowledge that you always have somebody there for you because I, I, one thing that I've always felt nobody deserves to be felt like they're alone nobody Nobody, and and that's another thing that I feel gets to a lot of people is aspect. I ha like I have nobody. You do, you do. Don't let your current circle. Don't don't let your current environment 
tell you otherwise because there's somebody in this world that loves you that respects you that cares about you and that will do anything for you don't ever feel like you're alone because you're not so within this fight that I, uh, I'm in um, back to the whole I word I want to make sure everybody's included no person left behind because nobody deserves to feel like they're alone because in reality I'm being real like you're not alone you may feel like you're alone now, but look at it from a future aspect. Plus, feelings are temporary. They come Very out. temporary. Very temporary. And, and, and one thing also, even if it's not a, about you feeling like you're alone, if you feel like life is just hard. Plus, you feel alone, but that doesn't mean you are alone. Right. Absolutely. Like, let me stop interrupting. Sorry. Absolutely. No, th please. This is a conversation. This is not a QA. and a So, yeah. um, like I said, it, it, it's also even if it's not even a sense of that you feel alone always realize that trouble doesn't always last and that your current predicament it may be hard I get it it may be really challenging but the sun will rise in the morning a greater is there for you and you know you just have to stick it you have to you have to keep pushing and I know that's so hard to hear because I know there's some cir 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 um, circumstances that you feel like you don't have an exit out of that you're going to be trapped in forever but that's not the case there's always an exit there's always somebody that's going to be there for you you're loved you're respected and back to all saying don't ever feel like you're alone you're not because you're not mm -mm, you're not so Whew. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm that's happened gotten emotional <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be funny and, I'm being serious and, and there's the, depth to what you're saying that's what I'm saying and, and I hate to, to make things sentimental but sometimes the most important conversations harbor emotion yeah yeah emotion I'm a big logic guy I love the logic side of things but I would never run away from it ain't here rapper <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding <laughs> okay yeah. logic the rapper yeah thing. But you know what? And I'm about to make a really interesting correlation to what you just said, Logic the Rapper. Um, even with the, in terms of like suicide prevention, I think the conversation surrounding that should be, yeah, it's good to have these resources to reach out to those, but be that person for somebody, especially when you know that they're in, in I would say, critical mental health. Like they, and that's the thing I, I want to say very, very heavily. If the signs are there, do something. Do not remain idle. Do not say that's not my place because at that point it is. It is. It is. Um, I lost a really close friend of mine to suicide um, last January. Woo! Yeah. Very close. Um, we were actually hospital brothers. We were born in the same hospital on the same floor and we had the same name. And our moms, what? yep, and our moms were close to the hip because of that. Um, and we were born a week apart. My birthday is tomorrow. His birthday was last Tuesday. I'm going to add that on my phone. <laughs> I, I think it's just yeah. a reminder. Yeah. Um, his name was Alex, and um, he, he committed suicide. Um, and ever since then, I will get on your nerves. I, I will check in on you, and to the point where you're like, can you leave me alone? Because I need to know you're okay. And I think as soon as we acknowledge that we have a place in, in that person's life, even if you feel like you're intervening, intervene. Intervene. Make, make them feel uncomfortable. Because if their safety 
is being compromised by themselves and you you're you see that and you see that somebody's having a hard time or if you see that somebody is calling out for help that's when you leap in action and you do something and even that it doesn't have to be a direct thing tell somebody use an indirect way of getting them the resources but just be that person for somebody so yeah you're a tough man <sighs> I love no because that, that's why I call you the Ronald King because some people don't have to say paragraphs some people don't have to say even three sentences you can say a sentence and it has just as much power as somebody that gives a keynote address in front of the most pristine individuals in the world. And that's why I've always called you, that's why I've always called you a rarity. You personally, I've always called you a rare person because you have that you have that impact. The same with the Ron King flattery podcast. I, I understand that, but I'm, I'm just saying I'm just I'm putting it out there because I know that your listeners are definitely will agree with that sentiment. You you have a way of with words. You're you're beyond articulate in my opinion. Beyond articulate. But back to what I was saying, um, be a part of that person's life, even if it makes them feel uncomfortable, um, because you could be that you could very well be that person that saves that person's life. That's how important it is. Absolutely. And they'll never forget either. Never, never, never. Sometimes people that you talk to the least that will have the most impact on your life. Yeah. Yep, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, and uh, and I think that's 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 the most beautiful thing about it, you know. So yeah. Now you got me thinking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious. And, I, and you got me the, reflecting and, upon yeah. a lot. Yeah. Certain phone calls, and messages I need to send later. Bingo. Yeah. Send, and I think I actually made a post about it, or it was like a tweet. I'm also so. writing letters to people too. I'm old fashioned. That's that's Fetch. just as that's just as I I mean that serves just as much as much impact if, if more, um, but send that text message, make that call, send an email. What, what he just said, even send a letter. Um, let people know that you know that you love them, and you know let people know that you're there for them, um, because I'm ninety nine percent sure that that energy will be reciprocated. Because what guys, we are all in this together. That's why. So, be that person. Be that person. On that note, I think this will have to be a two-parter. <laughs> no, I'm just serious because the most I can only do is an hour. Oh, snap. It's actually right at 59 minutes oh, right now. So, we, we will be able to... talking that long? Yeah, but we're just talking, man. Oh, my gosh. That's what... I hope, I hopefully, I'm not, like, getting you off, like, anything that you have, like, agenda-wise for the, the episode. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, just making sure. No, actually, this would be enough time for one, but I feel like it may need to split into... I don't know. I'll figure that out. Figure it out. Even if that means we have to, like, do, like, a re-up. Or, like, that means, like... These, these are all one take, my friend. No, no, I know. But if you have, like, like, split the audio, and then you have to be like, all right, we're back, and then just, like, yeah, yeah part two. But I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna start it right, like, we're a little bit... Just, like, on a TV show. Like, it'll be to be continued, but I'll still give, like, a little bit, a couple extra minutes of conversation. Got you. I like that. Anyways, since we're running out of time, thank you, Mr. Alexander Brown. Thank you. This was a wonderful conversation, and I look forward to having many more with you. And to your listeners, keep listening to his podcast. He is on to something really great. And I think it will play a pivotal role in operations of all of our minds, our hearts, and our futures. So continue to show him love. Continue to show him love.
I don't even have anything to say after that. <laughs> so, without further ado, this has been another episode of Eternal 15. I'm your host, Ron King, and as always, I will see you when I see you. Goodbye. It's the root of all with Alexander Brown.